In the wake of a freight train derailment in the outskirts of the capital region this summer, environmentalists are renewing past calls for greater scrutiny and assurances about the transportation of potentially hazardous chemicals over rail. To discuss potential state action, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Dan Shapley, Senior Director of Advocacy, Policy, and Planning for Riverkeeper, a clean water advocacy organization. Welcome to the show, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Glad to be here. It's our pleasure. So when it comes to freight trains and their cargo that are coming through New York, what sort of environmental risks are there? Well, we've seen, unfortunately, a series of accidents around the country and derailments that have uh, been spectacular in their devastation. Um, East Palestine, Ohio, most recently, going back a few years, there was Lac-Megantic in Quebec and others that have just shown that when these trains derail, when they're carrying petroleum or other hazardous substances, we can have explosions that can take immediately cause the loss of life. We can have spills that can contaminate waterways. And here in our region, uh, we have rail lines that hug the Hudson, that hug the Mohawk River. And so those spills, should they happen here, uh, would be uh, affecting those waterways. And that uh, includes not just the ecological impacts to our our fish and wildlife, which would be severe, uh, but also potentially to drinking water. Both the Mohawk River and the Hudson are sources of drinking water for uh, large segments of of our regional populations. And are the environmental risks from the cargo that can be found on some freight train solely the result of, say, a derailment and spills, or in the day to day proper functioning, for lack of a better word, of freight trains, can there be an environmental risk uh, based on the cargo they're carrying? Well, our main concern w- would be in a case of an accident. And that's that's really where our focus is. And that's where we've seen the risks present themselves is when a, a, trail, a train goes off the rails. Uh, certainly, you know, there are uh, sort of larger issues you could uh, definitely think about where if, if we're transporting crude oil, for instance, by rail, well, we would like to get off of the use of crude oil altogether so we could reduce that risk. Absolutely. Um, but but in the immediate, what we're what we're really focused on is is whatever trans is being transported. Let's make sure that it can be done safely and that we don't have it spill and uh, explode in our communities and in our rivers. And as it pertains then to regulating the transportation of potentially hazardous cargo over rail, does the state have much say in this process or is it primarily the jurisdiction of federal regulators? Yeah, the federal regulations are uh, certainly the most important, but the state does have some actions that we think it can take and should take. There's a, a bill that was making progress in the legislature back in 2016 uh, that when the legislature was divided, that would have amended the navigation law in in ways to make sure that rail companies and others transporting petroleum or transferring petroleum, storing petroleum, um, had uh, sufficient insurance to cover themselves uh, in the case of a spill, to cover all of the costs associated with remediation and decontamination of those spills. So that's that's something that didn't pass at the time. We'd like to uh, dust that off, take a fresh look at it, and um, see the legislature consider that again in the coming session. But there's other things. Um, the, the DOT at the state level can do rail inspections, and we saw a series of these rail inspections about a decade ago when the crude oil transport was really happening at 
a high level. Um, we haven't heard anything about those since. So where where are those inspections of our rail rail yards and our rail bridges? That's something the state has a role in in being able to do. Um, and and we we certainly also could uh, make sure that there's sufficient budgets for that that the that the staff and the expertise is there uh, to do all of those inspections and to make sure that the budgeting is is sufficient to uh, uh, allow for that. Well, returning to that legislation you mentioned, is it your expectation that the train operators currently don't have the appropriate? liability insurance or whatever the legalese would be to cover the potential environmental damage from a derailment? Yeah, that was the the research that led us to that bill at the time, that we could prompt additional safety improvements really by making sure that all of those who are handling these products could pay for the the cost of uh, their spill or release because a lot of those costs end up getting offloaded uh, to the public. And so if they're covering all of those costs and need to be able to cover those costs, then the uh, the relative investments in safety improvements are, are a much more lucrative investment, if you, you could say. Is the expectation if this were to become law, that train operators carrying potentially hazardous cargo would all have to increase their coverage, for lack of a better word again? Or is there an expectation that this would ultimately result in fewer hazardous chemicals and wastes being transported along rail in New York because they couldn't pay to meet this threshold? I think our, our hope immediately would be to see that they that the rail companies would um, uh, would stop opposing some of the federal regulations and some of the safety improvements that have um, been unfortunately rolled back at the federal level, and instead of opposing those, embrace them as a as a protection of their um, against that liability. So I think those are some things uh, on the federal level, like braking technology. Um, the size and, and weight of uh, the, the trains that are transporting these materials, the composition of the uh, tanker cars, all of those um, regulations really rest at the federal level, but the rail industry has opposed them. And successfully, unfortunately, um, there was a there were a number of safety improvements uh, passed at, this, at the federal level in 2015. And then in the Trump administration 2018, a lot of them were rolled back. Um, and uh, one of these particularly, Riverkeeper and a number of partners just uh, wrote to the DOT, the state, D- I'm sorry, the, the US DOT, in order to uh, highlight that the DOT really has to act on a, a an appeal that we filed five years ago um, that challenged the decision to repeal the breaking safety uh, regulations that had been put in place back in 2015. So we would hope that that measures like that uh, would be finally implemented and carried forward uh, throughout the state, but but ultimately around the country to improve rail safety. When it comes to inspections or reviews by state transportation officials, do you feel like we have the personnel to be proactive in a meaningful way, or are we essentially doing triage based on the personnel and uh, capacity that we have? Well, I can't be sure, honestly, what the staffing levels are in those key um, parts of of our state workforce. Um, It's not something I'm I'm up to speed on. But uh, I think what we have seen in the past is that 
when there's a spotlight on the issue, we see those rail inspections. So um, the state, you know, finds the the capacity to address problems and and very publicly um, when when it sees the the need. So we're trying to point out that that this derailment on the Mohawk River, which could have had had those tanker cars been filled rather than empty, been an unmitigated disaster, that that incident is evidence that we need to step it up and get back into this game in a big way. Well, we've been speaking with Dan Shapley. He is the Senior Director of Advocacy, Policy, and Planning for Riverkeeper. Dan, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. No, thank you. I appreciate it. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Press Room provided by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation. Communities across the Empire State have stories to tell. A roadside marker funded by the William G. Pomeroy Foundation can help your town or city educate the public, encourage pride of place, and promote local tourism. More about the Pomeroy Foundation's New York State Historic Marker Grant Program for 501c3 organizations, nonprofit academic institutions, and local state and federal government entities at wgpfoundation.org.